Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour, Richard Geiger, the traveling, we're not really a trio, the traveling, what starts with T, that, that we can oh. say on the podcast, not get in trouble for. Tourists. Traveling tourists, I like it, traveling tourists. Folks, you know us, we love to talk about pop culture in so many different forms, whether it's comic books, comic book films, just films in general, music, all the things that affect us. But we also like to kind of address some of those things that are pop culture adjacent. Hmm. I like that. Pop culture pop culture adjacent. Sounds good. Yeah. That's, that's a little what we're going to talk about today. And, and Richard, ever the uh, global traveler. Uh, <laughs> Small globe. <laughs> has some... Uh, some some interesting insights after a recent trip. Maybe some information that those of us that want to get out there and be a part of the world again. So see those things that bring joy to our hearts and empty our pockets. Uh. Empty our pockets, yes, that's correct. <laughs> so I guess the idea was when we were planning a trip to see some family uh, on the other side of the country. Like, uh, we've been to California before, uh, but it's been, gosh, eight years, maybe a little bit longer since we've been. Of course, a lot of things have changed since then. A smidge. Um, how you travel, why you travel, where you travel, how you plan the things, the phone that's in your pocket, you know, like, there's there's a lot of, there's just a lot of things that have changed in a short amount of time to pay attention to, to look at. So uh, because my brain works in weird ways, when we were on these different little adventures, let's call them, I just had a bunch of random observations. And this isn't me discussing like, oh, well, we went on a trip and as a family, we went here because it was nice. Like, that's not it. I just had random observations about the airports or about the roads or about the cell phone usage or about the hotels, you know, like little things that I shouldn't be really paying attention to or thinking about. So I just kind of thought it'd be an interesting way to have a, a brief chat about some things that I encountered and I noticed and hopefully if anybody's listening, we're coming up to the holiday season, season, if there's going to be traveling going on, then that maybe the things that I have said might better prepare some people for their travels as well. Definitely. And in our household, we are primarily a um, an over-the-road traveling group. Correct. Um, um, the, 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 the airports, they're just, they're, it's not a danger thing. Not really. It's a, a lot of times a cost thing and a time scale and a variety of other things. And we, we're generally not going far enough to well, really need it. And, and that makes sense. You know, for us, we're in the Midwest, right? We're in, we're in Indiana. So a lot of the travels that we would do would be to Florida. Let, let's just be honest. That's, mm -hmm. that's what a lot of people around here do if it's going to be a spring break, a fall break, or whatever it is. And if it's not there, it may be the Carolinas. Um, it may be um, southern Alabama. But, like, f for the most part, that's where people go on their trips around here. There's not a lot of east coast. There's not a lot of west coast. Um, maybe some mountains. I rarely hear people talking about going to trips to, you know, Seattle, for example. I, I just I just don't know if that's people's interest level around here for us to interact with with friends and family members, for example. There's a solid contingent that uh, are Canadian uh, travelers. Uh, there's a lot of interesting things and when it's the summertime it's that's the time to go mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, not not when it's uh, freezing uh, but you know you you mentioned something uh, we were talking about this off the air a while back the beginning of the trip that's that's a big thing you know you're you're planning whatever trip to visit your family to go to a convention to do whatever it is that you're going to do you know who's going you know basically what you're going to pack there's not much to that 
But once you've chosen your mode of travel and that mode of travel is through the air, the sheer difference of experience that you can have is massive. The, I, I think for us, we haven't been on a plane in eight or nine years, I would say. And all, all of our travel is, like you said, it's by car, right? So if we're going to drive to Florida, it's a 14-hour drive, and I can do 10 of it, and then I want some sleep, and then my wife can finish the rest. But we have a car. You don't have to rent a car. And when gas prices aren't, you know, three fifty four dollars a gallon, it, it still makes that trip, you know, for the cost of maybe two airline tickets when you're traveling with four people, you're cutting the costs way down and you're not having to rent a car, which could be expensive as well. So it, it was a big change of pace and I was saying before how you plan these traveling things are different now because in the past you would just go to maybe just a website for your carrier and you would find the flights and you'd be good. Uh, if you had a hotel that you generally stayed in and that was the, the company that you liked, you would just go to that website and you would book it and that's just it. But, you know, nowadays when you're doing these, there's, it's such a competitive market, such a competitive business. There are all these different, you know, like Priceline, for example, all these different websites you can go to, and they're always throwing out these rando deals for two nights, three nights, four nights at these different locations that makes, it just makes a difference because you could be looking at one place that's closer to where you want to be at, um, but it's more expensive. But this thing, they're giving you a great deal. And really, it's not that much farther away, but it's half the price. So um, in booking for these things, it's, it's also about how you pay for them, too. You know, a lot of people have the cash in the bank and they just give you your budget. And like, we're going to spend X amount of dollars on our hotel and our this and this. And then you go out there and you're like, we're going to spend X amount of dollars on these things. But one of the things changed about how you can pay for it. Uh, you could always do your credit cards, right? Um, a lot of these airlines, a lot of these places will have um, rewards that you can get by using the cards. Yeah, rewards. Um, but there are things out there now like Affirm, for example, um, Uplift. There's a, there's a couple other ones. I don't remember any of them uh, off the top of my head. But you can go to these places and you can pay for your trips in various different degrees through these places. And it's not a credit card. You just take the cost of the thing that you're paying for, you divide it by six or whatever, and you do payments for the next six months when you don't get charged really much in interest or anything like that. So Vacation on layaway. Correct. So it's still, you have to have a budget for it. You still have to plan that out, but you're not going to get hammered by, you know, 27% interest from a card. And if you don't have the 5Gs up front or whatever it's going to be to do it, you have a little bit more flexibility when creating these trips now. And from my understanding, because I didn't do a lot of this, this planning process, this point of the process, um, when you sign up for these different things like a firm, it doesn't necessarily run your, it's not a hard credit check. So if you're, you know, buying a house, for example, you don't want to do anything with your credit. One of these might be an alternate to, um, an alternate means to pay for your trip or your expense. And this may even be, you had a death in the family and now you got to fly somewhere and you didn't expect to pay this amount of money. And this is an alternate option for you to pay for it. So something to look into, uh, if you do have to make a trip, whether it's short notice or you're planning it six months out. I may be a little less thrilled about the whole flying side of things just to begin with. That I remember when I was very young going on a plane for the first time and the, well, very young, uh, early teen. And the experience both with getting there and the process of the flight and everything is so different now through a combination of you know, obviously the whole 
thing with 9-11 had an impact, but that's only one tiny, tiny bit of it. These companies are experiencing the same thing so many profit-driven companies are experiencing that it's not a growth industry anymore, yet again. So they're trying to find ways to pad their their wallets to be able to increase their profits at the expense of the consumer, charging for bags that they didn't charge for before, uh, charging for better seats, squeezing people in tighter, not maintenancing the, the planes as much as they used to. Uh, overscheduling, overbooking flights, mm-hmm. uh, just a variety of different things. And you were talking about how everything went so smoothly when you went to go to the airport. And you know, in the Midwest, we often we have to deal with Indianapolis International Airports, our airport. Uh, if you've ever been there, it's a really nice looking airport. Mm-hmm. That is the end of the positive things that I will say about that airport. It is the worst. I have never been to a, a more poorly run international large-scale in airport than, than Indianapolis. I've flown out of that terminal or attempted to fly out of that terminal now. And say in the last, I don't know, 20 years, I've flown out of there maybe eight times. And... Well, call it, sorry, seven and almost an eighth time. (laughs) Seven and a half. Seven and a half. And each time it's just confusion. Nobody knows what they're doing. The systems aren't working correctly. This last time, for no particular reason, it was just after Mother's Day. So it wasn't before Mother's Day. So it's not trips to mom. It's after Mother's Day, and it's like a week removed. So all the people going home after whatever trips back to Mother's Day should have been done already. But when I got there two hours early, because you know you got to get there two hours early Mm -hmm. for God knows why, for basically for exactly what happened there, it took two hours. The TSA was so backed up. They had a winding line. Now this is at five in the morning, mind you. They had a winding line all the way through the TSA, all the way back to the hallway, uh, past the TSA, all the way to the food court, past the food court, almost all the way to the tickets. And we missed our flight because that line was so long. And they were so unorganized. You know, sometimes things like that happen. Their backup plans None of the backup plans worked. After several hours of trying to get rerouted and waiting for things, we just gave up because they clearly didn't know what they were doing and didn't really care, and it was just it was just awful all around. So you had a good time then. Oh yeah, it it was a it was if you want a bad vacation story, that's that's the way to start because I was actually going out to California. Was didn't get there. Didn't get there. So. We're talking about the Indianapolis airport. It's basically, I'm generalizing here. You you walk in when you're beyond tickets and things like that. It's a food court. There's a lot of things. You go left or you go right. You go to A or you go to B. And that's it. It should be easy. It, it that, that That's it. And in my limited experience, now I've flown in, in, the, in the Midwest... An alternate to Indy a lot of times is Louisville, but the price points haven't really been great on Louisville recently. But I have flown out of Midway, and I've flown out of uh, O'Hare, and Midway was always fine. O'Hare is just always busy. Um, but I, I'll, I'll go back to our choice of who we wanted to fly with. Now, there's a lot of different carriers, and I'll go back even further in that when you were flying I think the whole air travel system was just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was overbooking, like you said, and and staff shortages for everybody. Whether it was the TSA, whether it was the the commercial flight system, it, it didn't matter. There weren't enough pilots. There weren't enough people to work the planes. There weren't enough TSA agents. Like it, it was bad. Um, but 
I, I think everything has more than caught up by now. There's, they've had enough time to hire and train and recruit and then change the schedules around. That's my thought process on it. Now, the reason that I say that is when, when we went for our flight, um, one subtle difference, ours was in the afternoon. Our flight was at like 3.50 in the afternoon when we left. But when we got there, there was one uh, TSA agent uh, checking your boarding passes and IDs. Uh, but then the lines, in terms of the lines to get through and, you know, take your shoes off and do all that nonsense, there were probably 10 of those, I want to say. Mm, yeah, probably 10. So even though there was only one person that kind of slowed it down enough to filter everybody adequately through the tent. I mean, by the time that we hopped in the line and then I put my shoes back on, it was probably 15 minutes. It, it was nothing, no, like no time at all. And it was us and two kids. And so the kids had their backpacks and their their shoes that they had to take off, all that nonsense as well. So our experience with it was honestly easy like very good we because we got there early too um knowing your horror story that you had so we just ended up sitting in the <laughs> sitting at the at the airport for a, a good you know hour waiting on our flight because we anticipated having to wait but we, we didn't have to and and i think part of that also goes back to um who you fly with and and, and there, there's reasons behind that you know, you didn't get to choose uh, your last time. But for us, we've always, when we've done our flights, it's almost always been Southwest. That, that, well, because most of our flights would be to uh, Florida. Right. And th it's real short flight, quick. There's no, usually no stops. Uh, but when you talk about the pricing thing, right? So they have the same thing. You can get a Southwest card and you can get points and miles and all that nonsense. Um, but in terms of the money, they still haven't changed. You can take you can take a carry-on and a bag. So like I could have taken a carry-on and a backpack if I wanted to. And two check bags. They just have to be under 50 pounds. So between the four of us, we could have had eight checked bags if we if we needed to have that. And it didn't cost anything like none of those cost anything. So when it comes to the flights and this helps the day, you know, when you're going to the airport for us, it was we had an app. If our flight was at 350 on Thursday, on Wednesday at 349, we were on that app. And when 350 hits, you do check in and it, and how Southwest works like you don't have assigned seats. You get put into a queue. You have a one through 60, B, one through 60, yep. and C, one through 60. That's what I had. And, th and, and and that's it. So we checked in. We already had, uh, I have an iPhone. They put the boarding passes right in my wallet. I had, the, it was just a QR code. They were already there. Then it gave us the option, check in, like check bags. Like how many bags do you have? I could say this one, this one, this one. All, all we had to do was get tags for them. And when when we walked up, there was there was no one there. The person who was at the curbside was just chilling. He wasn't doing anything. He's like, you want me to take those? I'm like, yeah, you go right ahead. So we just put them on the scale, tagged them, threw them on the belt. Th done. That was it. They had to have little pink transfer tags because we went to a, we went to Austin. And then from Austin, we went to California. Uh, the Austin airport's interesting. Uh, it's one big Set of it's like a wing also but, yeah but it it's set up weird i felt like the austin airport was built to have a thing and then they're like oh well we need to add food to it and then they just <laughs> like kind of drew squares on the ground and built little shops and food places mm -hmm. right in the middle of the of the terminals it was just it, weird busy weird but like that's it's been a long time since i've been to the austin airport but, but our our flight then we our flight left a little late, not that late, um, a little late, and we all we had B's, we had B low B number, so we could all kind of sit together, and 
we were we had a cheat code a little bit too because my my parents went with us so technically there were six of us and my dad struggles to get around a little bit nothing nothing bad but enough that he uh utilized a, a wheelchair and so that gets you like the get on the plane early pass right which is always nice so once again we we did the cheat code which was so my mom and my dad would go on to, but then we said to my daughter uh you need to help your grandpa so like the three of them would go on and they would save two sets of threes right next to each other so we could we could sit by each other so there was no like we weren't broken up we were just right across from each other. I feel like I had the opposite of the cheat code because I remember and being in that swivel line where the dog has to sniff you, and the dog did such a good job with the people ahead of us that uh, he was given a 15-minute break. There was no replacement dog. There was no other thing. The line just stopped for 15 minutes while the dog played with a ball. I never saw a dog at any airport. I don't tell you. I I sometimes feel like I live in the Truman Show. You know, I've got that psychological things. I'm driving, and the person in front of me, I feel like, okay, if I, this guy is an idiot, and I can't seem to get out from behind this person, and I know if I put my turn signal on, they will immediately want to turn the same direction that I want to go. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen where that person almost wrecks doing just that because I wait. I wait until the very, very last second to turn my turn signal, and then I'm going that way, and then they realize just too late that they also want to turn that direction. It is, I, it is the strangest thing. I am not lying. This has happened not once, not twice, like five times I've had that happen. It is the weirdest thing. Well, my, mine is um, I, have, I have some type of magnetic field in my body that changes all the lights to red, so... <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it this this is a real thing. Like I'm not exaggerating about this. We have a new hospital in town, and it's been open for a couple years. And there's a new light. Yes, there is uh, where it's at, and uh, I get that light. So they're uh, going either direction. Going home, I'll get it probably 85 percent of the time. Coming coming the opposite direction, I'll probably get it 60 percent of the time as a red light. If I go to the hospital or in that road and want to leave, I to get the green light to leave the hospital, I get that one like 20% of the time. It's the bane of my existence when I drive down that road. Um, so, yes, we. I have my own little – it's – it's built into my brain, I think. I just change it automatically. So, sometimes I think instead of Truman Show, it's more like video game because I had that. Mm. Uh, I told you about that one instance uh, about it was early this year when I was heading home. At that light, at the, just past that light, the deer that popped out. Did I tell you about that? I'm not sure. Deer popped out into the road. It was two car lengths ahead of me and to the right. I was in the left lane. Dude in a van was in the right lane. He had no time to react. There's nothing this guy could have done. He was going to hit that deer. And he most certainly just absolutely splatted that deer. And it's just completely shattered his windshield. So how did he prepare for this impact? Because you could see it coming down. And I saw, I saw the deer. I saw his car. I looked at the driver. I saw that he saw the deer. So how did he prepare? Want to guess? Uh, swerving to your lane? No. Um, hands up off the steering wheel? No. Nope. Mm, accelerate. Did nothing different. Did not brake. Did not accelerate. Did not swerve. He was looking at it, so I know he saw it. Splatted the deer. Just kept going. Did not stop, did not change speed. I don't know how he didn't change speed because he didn't speed up before the impact. He hit the deer. It bounced off like it was the goat simulator game. Off into the side, he kept going, never stopped, never pulled over, didn't get his phone out. It's like nothing happened. You could not see through his windshield. 
He didn't stick his head out the side window so that he could see where he was going. He just kept driving. It was the most insane thing. I came up beside him just to kind of see if he was okay. You okay, buddy? Did not register anything. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. He looked over at you and he had a Michael Myers mask on. I would have no I, expression. That would have been better. <laughs> just nothing. Just dude was just hands on the wheel driving. Probably had there's a chance. No license, suspended license, no registration. So he's like, shoot. Uh, it was a work van. Oh, <laughs> even worse. Oh, gosh. Hopefully that dude still has a job. Oh, man. I felt so bad for that dude. Oh, anyway, a little off topic. So uh, we were flying into the Los Angeles area. Now, there are a handful of airports in the Los Angeles area. And uh, my sister lives in California and she said don't do LAX it's crazy and it's under construction right now um don't don't do that one that's what I heard um I've flown into that one before I've flown into Ontario before Mm. um but there are other ones there's like three others in the in the area uh one of them is Orange County and she had recommended Orange County just because traffic and proximity to where we needed to be. And we looked at LAX and we looked at Ontario and we looked at Orange County and we're like, eh, eh, eh. we were honestly, we we're just looking for price. Like mm-hmm. we want, we wanted the best price and no one ever mentioned, I didn't even know like there, there's Burbank. Burbank is another one. I've actually been to the Burbank one. Uh, but the other one was Long Beach. And so, like, oh, okay. Long Beach. LBC. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, the flights that we got to go there were the cheapest by far. And when it was time for us to leave, sig- like significantly cheaper to fly out of that airport than any of the other ones. And we looked in San Diego because we were going to be in San Diego when it was time to fly out. And it was signi- like when I say like significantly cheaper to do Long Beach. Yeah, it's six folding chairs and a water cooler. Now, this airport is a tarmac, so there's no <laughs> you you don't do the fancy little thing, but it's an it's an outdoor it's like an outdoor airport. That sounds silly, but there's really not a lot of indoor places. Right. Doesn't need to be, but where you would sit and have the chairs and wait for your queue to go on to, to planes, that was there, like the food courts. They had a, a, a roof on, on on those sections, but there was a uh, there was basically two terminals. There was a, a an A and a B or left and a right. I don't know what it was. Anyway, but in between that, there was sand and trees and picnic tables for you to just sit and hang out while you waited. When you went to the baggage claim, the baggage claim had like one, the where you went in was just open. Mm-hmm. And there was only two little baggage claim things. And the airport was clean, nice, efficient, fast, great. All of the car rental places you could walk to in two minutes. Like they were all right there. So I'm telling you, if you're going to fly out to the Southern California area, look at Long Beach because it's surprisingly nice. It's not that hard to maneuver around to get out and about. Um, it really surprised us. Um, it was cheaper and way more efficient for us to drive from San Diego back up to Long Beach and fly out than what it was to go just hang out in San Diego and not have to wake up and do anything other than go to the airport just because it was so much more expensive. So uh, there's your lesson. Go to Southern California. Go to look for the Long Beach one. And uh, bum rides. Well, okay, so that's <laughs> that's the thing. So we, obviously, none of us had a vehicle other than my sister, and there was going to be her and six of us. Her vehicle's not going to accommodate that, plus there was days when we needed to do different things. And she still had work a couple of days, so we rented a vehicle. And um, oh well, let me, let me go back to the the plane things because um, 
my Southwest, um, I guess, brain is telling you to do the Southwest. But there was a couple interactions I had with my family when we were flying. We we flew on uh, four different planes out and mm-hmm. four different planes. I'm sorry, four different planes total. Two right. out, two back. Um, the first one for sure was one of the oldest in the fleet. It had pedals. Things were falling off the like the sides of the plane inside. And the funniest thing is when we, when you're taking off, they have to you know obviously give it a little extra juice to fly. There, there's a there's a system in the in the in the plane that you you have to engage. Like that, that right. all the planes are like that. Um, but this one, I'm telling you, sounded like a prop plane, <laughs> like very loud. Like the the things spinning in the engines sounded like a prop plane and i looked at my mom and i said oh uh we're on a prop plane and she just about like died (laughs) because she thought i was being serious when we weren't uh but then all the other three planes were like the newest of the new you know the ones that were crashing and killing everybody it was those planes um but those planes were clean Plenty of room for feet, armrests, plenty of room for storage up top, uh, mood lighting inside that was like different colors of blue or if it turned red because there was notifications going on. Didn't yet smell like vomit? No, no. Very nice. Very, like, really nice planes. Um, and uh, obviously they don't you know, crash and burn anymore. But um, that was the other one, too. I was like... Oh, I, I looked at the model number of the plane because they're right there in the little pamphlets on your seats. I was like, oh, this is the one that was crashing and killing everybody. And my wife, who is shaky on the takeoffs and the landings, looked at me with like, <laughs> I I am going to murder you on this plane. And that's what's going to happen because I told her that. Uh... Um, but anyway, the whole flight experience, you know, the, like it, the, the flights for the most part were were on time, landings, takeoffs were fine. Everything was really good. We had a good experience with the flights as a whole. But what I'm saying with these are, if if you have the opportunity to fly Southwest, maybe you hate them, I don't know. Um, but I'm everything we looked at from like a Delta and United standpoint was just way more expensive. And our experience was good, the people were good with them. So I would tell you, if you can, because not Southwest doesn't go everywhere. Um, try looking at Southwest because whether you just need a check bag, um, just one or two, you don't have to pay for them as long as we're under 50, bucks, 50 pounds. So that was the way to go. And like I said, we rented a car, and there's lots of different options, different places to rent a car. Uh, same thing with that price line. There are always different deals on there. Your employer a lot of times has codes you can give to get discounts on the things. And I don't plan on ever owning a minivan, but that's what we got. Uh, I hate minivans. It Because it accommodated everybody. And the best thing about this minivan was that it was a hybrid. And... The front right tire was, I'm sure, going to fall off at some point during our trip. It never, it, it never did, but it really sounded like it. Uh, it wasn't that old. It was, it had wireless Apple CarPlay. It was a hybrid that had everything digital inside of it. But here, recently, gas prices, like when we left, gas prices were probably three eighty. Yeah, it's nearly four. It's down to like three fifty. Actually, Bloomington is. A lot better. more expensive than than a lot of the surrounding places, but when we landed there, the gas prices were six dollars and eighteen cents a gallon. Yeah, that's insane. So, like, not just a little bit more, a lot of it more. And here's an, another another tip: a lot of these places, when you when you do your rental agreement, they'll give you the option. They'll say, "This is what the average price is." That's what they said, 618. When you come back, you don't have to get gas. You don't have to do anything. Just drop it off. We'll fill it up at 618 a gallon. Do you want to do that? And I was like, no. Uh, uh, No. I can find better than that, surely. And 
when we dropped the car off, there was actually a Walmart that was a mile down the road. It was $5 a gallon. So it goes back to your smartphone. You can just look up different places in the area and see what the gas prices are. But, but generally speaking, when we drove around at a lot of the places that we were going, when we were on our way to the hotel, it was like six, six to six fifteen per gallon. So, so that five dollar gallon gas was like half water. Yeah, it's <laughs> it was. I, I it's been a bit, but I I knew gas prices were the worst in California, but like that's what, like a lot worse. Two dollars a gallon more. If that's well, it's because you're absurd. You're so close to trees and water and sand it's where everybody wants to live and where everybody wants to sell you things too so like it, it's california is a nice place to visit and there's no qualms with living there especially if you grew up there because you know how things work and and what you're looking for where to go but might be a rough transition. Like I'd be okay. I'd figure it out. But oh, it might be a rough transition for e- East Coast people for sure, and for Midwest people. Uh, it's just a, people just have a different attitude, a different way of thinking, a different way of spending money, a different way of presenting things, and, and not not in a bad way. It's just it's like if you go south to Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, like those people have a different attitude, way of living as well. So it's it's just our country's so big, there's just different people, places, things everywhere you go. So that's yeah, that's no to be expected. It. No doubt about it. Um, but another observation that I had, uh, kind of twofold, when driving wherever we wanted to go in our awesome, you know, mini uh, minivan here, seven horsepower is that we i've always been kind of trained to use uh, google maps and the apple maps thing was just for the longest time really bad like not not just you know not good it was bad it and actively inaccurate so i have just avoided it because why bother and my sister sent me a link to where we were going to go for dinner and when you click that link it pulls up apple maps by default i was like cool let's just do that and this was my discovery is that apple maps much like ways gives you directions but gives you advanced directions in that you need to be in the second lane from the left to turn left on here because it's telling you that when you turn on this road, you are then going to turn again shortly thereafter. So you need to be positioned correctly for it. And when we were driving on the interstate, it, it was the same thing. Like, you, you know, it's telling us in advance that you need to be in the right two lanes to be able to turn on this. Then when you're on those right two lanes, stay in the farthest on the right lane. Like it's telling you all the intricate pieces of, how to prepare your drive and i was like okay this is this is nice and i went right back to google maps and i i used it for a day and i was like i'm really i'm really missing these like anticipatory uh instructions that they're giving me don't worry google adam in 10 years so hopefully that will be a change but for all you apple people who have been avoiding apple maps I'm kind of sold on it. It it worked really well. And now that could be it worked really well out there and is not great here just because more people out there, more effort to the the, the directions in that area of the country. I don't know. Stuart, what are you doing here? Oh, gosh. I saw some highlights of that. It's hilarious. But... That, that leads to the other observation about driving on the interstates. Like people always say like, oh, California traffic and driving and drivers. Like you can't drive on that road. It's just everybody's crazy. Everybody goes so fast. No. Um, the, the roads are five, six, seven lanes wide. And yes, people are going 80, 85 on there. But I'm telling you the worst drivers are the ones that are going 60 down these roads because 
apparently they think they don't pay it. They don't pay attention. So you're going 80, 85 and they'll just change lanes in front of you and you've got to swerve to kind of get out of the way. But that's like as bad as it got. Even driving in close quarters, downtown areas, I never encountered like crazy drivers that are swerving in and out, people yelling at you, anything like that. For sure, 100% without a doubt, driving around Chicago was way worse than LA. And for sure, driving on the interstates in Orlando, way worse than the interstates in LA. Now, we weren't in any crazy rush hour stuff. We didn't encounter that because we actively worked to avoid that. We traveled at specific times to our places that we didn't have to sit there for two hours. So to avoid that in in the West Coast, you have uh, seven minutes between 3.30 and 3.37. So I think, is it, I think it's Waze. It's one of those. Maybe it's Waze, maybe it's Apple Maps. I can't remember. One of those, you can actually put in your destination, but then you can tell it uh, the day of the week and the time of the day that you're going to be traveling, and it'll adjust based on its history what your estimated time will be. So you can get a better idea on your drive time for those things. I never knew that that, that that ever existed. So when it came to us traveling to San Diego from where we were at, we and then from San Diego back to the airport, you know, a couple of days later, we looked at that because we're like, well, do we really need to get up at seven in the morning to avoid things or do like do we just leave it, you know, 11 and we'll have plenty of time to get there. So. Those those features really played into our driving habits the entire time that we were out there. Um, so yeah, pay attention to something other than Google Maps if you're a Google Maps user because there are better options for things nowadays. Um, when we were driving for our trip from L.A. to San Diego, in the process of using Apple Maps, we got... Google will do this too. It popped up and it said, um, you know, go to this route and save 15 minutes. And we're like, okay, cool. And then it kept like, it, it did it a couple times. And instead of us going right down the uh, interstate, it took us through the mountains and it seemed like we were taking a long time, but my parents and my sister were taking that route and there was an accident and they sat for two hours in the accident trying to, Oh yeah. So it, it, it even rerouted us accurately anticipating uh, the backup that was to occur for where that accident was. Uh, so that, that really, the whole Apple and then the, even like they said, the Waze investigation thing, let's call it, really saved us a lot of hassle um, big time. So yeah, look for something other than Google Maps. If you're using it, that is. I kind of wonder. I have this feeling, and just talking about travel here, maybe next year people will start feeling just a little more confident in going to the places, you know, right before the whole pandemic thing. We were starting to hit multiple conventions and doing things like that. And then obviously things changed. But I wonder if people are going to, whether it's from being stir crazy or, like I said, just being more confident in things, start getting back out there again. Maybe, you know, the 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 push for your employment is to, if you're work from home, the push is to go back to the office. Um, not not every day, but maybe two days a week. So there is a there is a push to get out of your house. In, in that sense. Um, but I think a lot of, a lot more people have jobs, whether they're good, bad, or otherwise. So there's, you know, more people who are employed, which gives you more opportunity to do those other things. So it's possible. Um, but, but, but maybe, even maybe your employers are starting to pay you more fairly again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but speaking of, you know, getting hammered on driving down the road and having to pay. So the big thing in L.A. for the longest time is the carpool lanes. Right. So th there's still those carpool lanes, but they've 
they've made them now where they're just the fast lane, but there's a toll. And sometimes to use those just to go from point A to point B is like 40 bucks one way. Woo! Now that that's accumulation. It's how long you're on those roads. Um, but yeah, uh, my sister would tell me when she would have to go into the office to work, which is in downtown uh, LA, it would cost her 40 bucks each way. That is nuts. And I and I thought the twelve bucks I had to pay uh, on the toll roads up in Chicago each way was annoying. Um, that ain't that that ain't forty bucks. So no. that's I heard that. I was like, you got to be like you're just exaggerating. She's like, no, I'm like that's what I paid the last week when I went into work. I was like, okay, that is just crazy. Okay. Um, another another I another observation. So we talked about using the phones quite a bit. Everywhere we were, every everywhere we were, were was just loaded with five G coverage, five G, five G, five G, and and honestly, was the service better or worse? I I I don't know. But I, but everyone had COVID there because of it. Right? Oh yeah, like <laughs> walking down, there's I could see visible brain tumors. It was so bad. Um, but I can tell you. For sure, if you are in one of those areas, or you're going to be in one of those areas, it consumes a lot more battery on your phone. And the one thing that I found is if I just, you know, put it in the battery saver mode, like which turns off all the background functions, like I don't care about my email. Um, so it, the battery was great. But if you just left your phone with the normal settings and you put it on 5G and you're on 5G stuff, uh, it, it consumed it noticeably faster. Like you, you just use a lot more juice on your phones. Now, um, the other the other thing I noticed, too, is we're in the Midwest, so we like to eat, you know, burgers and potatoes and eggs and meat and the comfort stuff. foods, comfort foods. And maybe it was just the places that we went to, but uh, California comfort foods were hot dog water. They were really bad. <laughs> um, the, fir the first place we went to, like we got off the planes, it was 8 o'clock at night. We went to place a small chain in the California area was like the Grizzly Bear Cafe. And that was probably, uh, of all the things that we ate the entire time, that was probably the best place that we ate. And it was, I just had a steak sandwich with fries. And, you know, the kids had uh, pancakes because they did breakfast all day. Right. Uh, they had a really awesome, I actually bought a bottle of it, really awesome uh, Chipotle hot sauce that they used and sold. And that stuff is amazing, just delicious. But every place that we went to that we did sandwich or we did um, breakfast food, breakfast food was the worst, just the worst. Uh, I had this hankering for biscuits and gravy because that may be a southern <laughs> thing, I guess, but it's a Midwest thing. And it was the place that we went to, a, 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 a different kind of southern california chain um had uh, like biscuits and gravy on the menu and that stuff was the worst biscuits and gravy i've ever had in my life and they you know, there was other items too i mean we had bacon we had eggs we had potatoes we had all these things and it was just so mediocre i i there are so many, let's call them greasy spoons around here mm -hmm. that would just annihilate any of those places and it's half the cost. So I was really shocked, but how, how bad a lot of the food items were. And breakfast was the big one. Breakfast was the worst. Um, actually at our hotel that had the continental breakfast, it was way better than any of the other breakfasts we went to. Uh, but the, is it, it, maybe it's one of those things we're talking about the country being so big that the taste, what they focus on there, is completely different. I guess. Um, 
I don't know. Put I'm just trying on to, a thing. Trying so, to put a positive spin on this. So two two <laughs> different places, and one of the places, like I said, was a, a chain. The other one was a local a local spot, and they had a sign on the window that said "Voted Best in like where that newspaper was Best Breakfast in the Area," and I like to get the skillets, which are the things that you do like sausage and. Uh, potatoes and peppers and you put eggs on top and you just stir it all together like that's one of my favorite things um, have you here's how I can relate this to you have you eaten Papa John's re- recently uh, no I stay away from Papa John's okay so <laughs> if you get a pizza from Papa John's uh, they have on them what I'd like to call sausage turds right just little nuggets of sausage yeah that is okay. the exact i'm telling you at both of these breakfast places the exact same sausage turds in their food and the potatoes were not were not like i prepped these potatoes they were 100% fresh from frozen perfectly cubed potatoes that they got from some <laughs> type of package it was just offensive to my breakfast sensibilities. The The only redeeming value that we found uh, from breakfast was going back to the, uh, the first place we went to. Um, I'm a big proponent of cold brew coffee. Mm. It's less acidic and has more caffeine. What, like, what, what no, else do you want? No okay. lose there. Um, any place you go, even around here, you want a cold brew, they're going to charge you the same amount, if not more than any other, other drinks. And you don't like, that's it. You get that one. But that, that, uh, cafe had, uh, bottomless. So you could just keep chugging Mm. cold brews, which I did until uh, you have a heart attack. Until you have a heart attack. So I thought like this, you, you take water. A gigantic thing of water. You throw a pre-packaged bag coffee in in it, and you let it sit for twelve hours. Then you take the bag of coffee out. You have delicious cold brew. Why is bottomless not more of a thing? You can buy regular hot coffee that actually arguably takes more effort to prep, and it's bottomless. But why not the cold brew? I'm. That's just me. I don't know. Who knows? Um. So I guess the advice is understand that when you're traveling that you're not likely to get the same kind of culinary experiences home and don't let that bring you down. <laughs> and a lot of the places we went to, we we researched them, right? We Not like we sat there for hours, but we at least looked it up and tried to find the ones that had good to great ratings on them and we're like yeah let's go here instead of this other one that we're looking at and yeah most of the time our food choices just turned out to be very very mediocre there was a couple you know bright spots in there um for sure but overall the food experience was just subpar disappointed because you know when you go out there and you're there for seven days, eight days, and you, you don't have a, you're not staying in a place that's got a stove to prepare your own meals, your meals are going to be you going out places and buying those meals. And of course there, the the meal that you're going to get is going to be, you know, $2 per person more easily, if if not more than that, than what it is here. So... To be disappointed was well, costly at, and disappointed. Look at it this way. Your previous trip at least wasn't like the trips to Disney that I've been reading about where uh, apparently some of the rides have uh, a poop hallway <laughs> where its parents just let their kids go at it because they've been waiting in line and don't take them to the restroom <laughs> and just leave it. <laughs> I mean, I would see, I could see that in Florida because you know it's a bunch of Midwest people going. Any okay, anyway, uh, <laughs> we went to Universal, and we'd been to the Universal in Florida, and that's where the Harry Potter is at. That's the best, and that place was Universal. A, just a nut house, so busy. Yes. Uh, the, the, the one we went to in California, also busy, but not in the same way. Um, busy, yes, but not 
so that one in California has the Super Mario World in it. And you can pay extra to go early. The park opens at 9. You can go at 8. They'll only do it for X amount of people uh, on any given day. And so you go early and you can spend time with fewer people at the Mario Brothers World. And the aesthetics of the place are phenomenal. If you are a Super Mario Brothers person now or you were in the past, you will love this place. It looks great. There's just not a lot to do. No. <laughs> so you, you, there, okay. I, I'm, you can I'm, stand in line. There, there is a, a ride that you can do. You put on a virtual headset and you shoot um, shells. It's like Mario Kart, but it's, it's a Bowser's world. It's, it's fun. That's great. That's the longest line. That's like the only place, the only ride for the most part. The rest of the park is just kind of interactive. There's a place you can eat which I'm sure has interactive stuff on the inside of it. There was, there was no reservations before we even got there. They were already filled. So we, we couldn't do that. Um, you could buy for like 40, I can't remember what it was, 40 some bucks a pop. These, uh, watches that basically just had, um, like RF identifiers in them. And you could go in, you register it on the app and you go to different plane things and you get coins and keys and stuff. But the lines to get keys from these little, uh, you, you stood in line for an hour and you did a cheesy game, not really even a game. You, you did the game for 30 seconds and you got a key, but you had to get like four of the five keys to unlock Bowser Jr. So you could have legitimately spent four hours there just standing in line waiting to do a 30-second, not even fun, thing. Sounds like Pokemon Go. That's not true. The Pokemon <laughs> Go experience was great out there. Um, but but the overall experience with uh, that Universal was very good, um, very like, it, busy for sure. The, the worst the worst thing that we had happen it was probably I don't know in the 60s it, the one day that we were there later on in the day it was supposed to be up to like 70 woo uh, but when we were waiting in one of the Harry Potter rides they had these gigantic fans with misters that were constantly misting water and spraying this cold misted water over everybody like you couldn't hide from it because there's probably i don't know 15 20 of these cold like gigantic fan everybody's like all huddled up and shivering because for some reason they had them on I, I once remember. it gets to the 80s they'll put two of them next to each other wait mr 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 well, <laughs> i thought of mr misty Woo! all right it's a dairy queen <clears throat> well Good advice. Good advice for travel. Good advice for just trying to get the most out of your your trip, especially if you're going to California. But the biggest and most important takeaway from any of this is time management. And from that perspective, we're coming upon the end of the episode. Yes, we need to. <laughs> we're going to wrap things up here. Um, yes, shop. Uh, shop for things. Yeah. You no, know, find a good rental place. Uh, shop for the best hotels, go Southwest because they were good to us and um, don't use Google Maps. The end. Right. Now, next week, we're going to be coming back to some of our more normal fare. It, it is most likely that we're going to be doing a review of the new film, The Marvels. The Marvels? Exactly. And if not that, let's say there is some difficulty in getting the time to see the movie in the right way and things don't line up. We're also going to be doing our final review of Loki season two. Uh, so one of those two will be next week. And then the other one will be the following week after. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You know, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a, a, a Marvel thing. One way or the one other. One way or the other. So we'll, we'll get some comic book love back in there. And just remember, stay tuned in to us. Come back and see us next week. True believers. Thank you.